and prepare to laugh. It's the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Welcome to episode 23 of the Drunk Dash Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Ginger Boy, this week. Uh, joined by the regular guys, we got the Jack of Hearts. And I'm hey, hello. And then also we have Knuckles. Good day, mates. Oh, God, it's one of those. All right, and <laughs> we actually got a special guest this week. Uh, we are joined by the legendary Yoshi Fett. Uh, hi, yeah, legendary, I suppose. Uh, that's quite the intro. I don't know how I'm going to make up for my legendary status now. Um, yep, I'm here. I heard that you guys were doing a game of the, of the what is this, Gener- game of the generation podcast? Yep. Yes, it is. And you invited me on, and this is a, this is a little bit of an honor, <laughs> I have to say. I feel a little honored, you know, to be part of this uh, historic episode. I, I, I want to say, though, that... Though I am a nerd, I am not currently drunk. I do not know if I fit the the specs of the show exactly right. Do you have to be ner- drunk at all times that you're recording this episode? No, not really, because uh, Gabe is bonus sober every episode. I never, I oh, never drink. Is, is Gabe straight edge? Does he, have a, does he have a black X on the back of his hand? Yeah, he's actually uh, our our designated driver. That's why we have no comment. <laughs> you need that. It's important. No, no. The black X. You shouldn't belittle him for it. He keeps us yeah. on track, especially when we do episodes after uh, bad movie drinky drinkies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a terrible idea to try to record anything for posterity after doing a bad movie drinky drinkies. I agree. Especially <laughs> if the movie's particularly bad, then you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be drinking a lot. Hello, it's it's one one of it was. It's one of the most depressing podcasts ever here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, everyone's coming down from the alcohol high. It was really good in the beginning. I don't even like video games. You can just, you can just tell how soapy we were getting as the show went on. It was crazy. But yeah, uh, I was like, uh, but anyways, we are doing our top ten games of the generation this week. Uh, sorry for not recording last week. Unfortunately, my modem decided to take a shit. The night we were going to record, so finally got my modem, my modem today. So uh, we're obviously we we are podcasting. So we'll we'll start off there. What we're going to do is we're going to each do number. We'll do ten each, and then we'll go on the nine, then eight, and seven, then six, and five, and so on and so forth. Um, we'll start off with uh, by order of my screen here. Knuckles, what's your number ten? My number ten is actually a game that came out in late two thousand seven. And I have a background echo on someone, so I hope it's not picking up. I, I got a background as well here. Yeah, I can hear some background, but it's not coming from me. Hello. I promise. Hello. It's gone now. No, no, it's not. Oh, well, fuck it. Alright, well, my number 10 is uh, Halo 3. Idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why. My number 10 no, is no, no, it's three. okay. I, I think it's alright at 10. I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Yeah, there's, it's, trust me, it's the only Halo that actually reached it to my top 10. So, But um, there's actually several reasons why I've made this in my top 10. But mainly it's because the first one I put countless hours into it and don't really care. But it actually, uh, I believe Halo 3 put me at where I'm at today. Um, I got into yeah, no Unemployed in your mom's basement? What? <laughs> Halo Three is so effective; it does so much to your life. No, uh, I'm actually employed full time and a full time college student. So, 
Oh. Well, that doesn't make my joke as funny, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wait. <laughs> got you to college? Is that where it got you? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, put me into a clan. The clan put me into a... a uh, KKK? Yeah. Are you saying, are you saying that Halo hates black people? Is that what we're saying here? Halo. Halo is like George Bush and hates black yeah, people. It, 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 <laughs> Halo, Halo does not care about black people. But, uh... Hugh Mike Myers awkwardly saying, yeah, <laughs> But, uh, I actually think we made fun of that in a, c- a couple episodes ago. Oh. But, um, uh, yeah, put Oldie me to baby. a, uh, yeah, it's definitely good. Uh, crap, I lost my train of thought already. This is going to be a fun episode, everybody. Ooh, only nine more to go. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> put me to a, um, professional video site, then took me to Big Red, Sarcastic Gamer, Big Red Barrel, which brought me to Talking Ship, which brought me here. So, at least I'll with that. And I've made... Circle of life. Yeah, circle. Circle of life. And (laughs) thanks to Halo 3, I've made, like, dozens of fans, so I figured it deserves number 10. We have dozens of fans? (laughs) No, it gave me dozens of friends. he does, not you guys. (laughs) He had dozens. As an individual. He had dozens until they heard me talk, and they're like, oh, never mind, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, Halo Three, my number ten. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me, give me knuckles. Give me a one, a one sentence explanation of why this game deserves to be in the top ten. Well, for me, is like I made dozens of friends and I've gotten to where I'm at. That's so. It's on the game. One, one sentence about the game, not about the. Oh. <laughs> Not like I bought this game, then I got a blowjob, so it's in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, like something directly that's related a, to the game one itself. Game, actually. <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, like what about the actual gameplay or graphics or mechanics or story or anything that you would say, okay, this is this is a top ten game of the generation because of that? Damn. <laughs> 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 it's like See, well, at the time, uh, there really wasn't. It was. Between the Halo and Call of Duty War, Call Call of Duty mm. War. Yeah, Call of Duty War. Call of wow. Duty War Edition. <laughs> Warfighter. All right, Grand so Halo, Call of Duty. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's the multiplayer like it just sucked me in. It was like one of the first few games I'd actually uh got when I got my 360, and um, I played that for like hours upon hours and. I actually somewhat enjoyed the campaign, and though going back to the game sucks, <laughs> <laughs> which is why you put it in your top ten. I which don't is get it. my top ten. That's a great. That's a great. I. Uh, that was a lovely haiku. <laughs> All right. So going on, trying to let's we'll try to bring this up from that one. We're going order again. We're gonna go with uh, Yoshi Fat. What's your number ten? Uh, I, I kind of moved all my games around a little bit here, and I'm not really... The, the bottom few could kind of almost be interchangeable, but I'm going to go with the Assassin's Creed 2 for my number 10 game. I, I really, really like that one. Um, you know, it's funny. It's the only one that's on my top 10 list. It may not even be my favorite one of the Assassin's Creed series, but overall, from beginning to end, start to finish, has a great story... Uh, the mechanics, much better than the first game. They improved over the first game, which I really, you know, appreciate that when developers look at a game and they go, 
hey, you know what? People kind of said Assassin's Creed 1 was kind of boring, so let's add some other stuff that'll make it more fun. And um, I think Ezio is one of the best characters uh, of this gen, so mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give number 10 to Assassin's Creed 2, because I really enjoy that game. Right. Even the, the feather collecting, <laughs> goddammit. it. <laughs> Which I did. <laughs> Which I, I put myself through the trauma of doing yeah. that. So, um, Did you play uh, Saints Row 4? No, I haven't. I played I played 3 like crazy. Well, I mean, um, Speaking of which, that should be on my list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Saints Row 4 has something a little bit worse than the feathers. It has these data clusters. And at least with Assassin's Creed 2, there's 50 of them. 100. But, uh, 100? <laughs> well... For the feathers, I mean, it's like the feathers and the data clusters for Saints Row 4, there's 1,500 of them. Oh, God. Oh, boy. There, there are data clusters in Revelations, and, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think you really have to get them to beat the no, game. I haven't no. beaten that game no, yet, though. I'm just slogging I, through it. I'll never I'll never beat that game, I'm convinced. <laughs> no, especially if you're going to do all the, Any rate, especially if you're gonna do all the first person crap. That's just awful. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Who the hell designed that? No. Oh my god, they should be yeah. killed. No, that whole part is awful. But no, I really enjoy. No trial, no jury, just execute. I'm okay with Remember, that. First person. All right. So, anyways, Assassin's Creed Two. I'll throw on the Very list. Very nice. Um, all right, Jackie, what's your uh, what's your number ten? All right, my number ten. Let me get out my iPod here. Oh, yeah, my number 10 that I got on my list here is uh, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves. Nice, very nice. Now, for Uncharted 2, I was really impressed by, like, uh, by a lot of the various little gameplay stuff. I mean, immediately when you start the game, you're just sitting on that train, you know, and uh, it does not until, like, at least about, what, like, a few, after the set of cutscenes and stuff like that, you're finally get to the main, like, gameplay and stuff, and you're just hanging, like, just, uh, of, like, over a cliff, right, and you have to try to climb, like, Climb up the train and stuff like that. Hide behind cover. Just try to dodge all this various stuff. It's just action-packed moments like that I really liked inside Uncharted 2. I mean, yeah, it was incrementally better than the original Uncharted. There wasn't any, like, really frustrating parts about uh, carry it over from, like, the original Uncharted. But uh, main things I liked about it, I liked that the puzzles were more focused, I would think. A little bit more focused than, say what uh, Uncharted had first originally introduced, but, uh, yeah, I really liked, I really liked a lot of the, <laughs> just really liked a lot of those elements and stuff, plus the multiplayer I thought was pretty fun, you know, I just blew like a couple of dozen hours and stuff with a couple friends just uh, trying that, because it was just random, sporadic and stuff, so, yeah, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, that's... I agree, very underrated multiplayer on that game, I really enjoyed playing multiplayer on that game, and I don't hear enough people talk about it. It was really very fun. unique and different. Yeah, I, I used totally to. Agree. I remember I used to spend like uh, at least sometimes like during the, some of the maps and stuff. There's this one particular map in Uncharted 2 where there's this like this this well or something right in the middle of uh, the map where you know players can go underneath the well and do all this stuff. But I would generally just go up on the well. I would just hang right from the well. So whenever somebody would try to get to the middle of the map, which you had a whole bunch of people that try to do that. I go over there, I peek above, and then I just start just capping off guys left and right. <laughs> well, hey. Get them where they come. Yep. Good game. Good game. It is. Cannot, I'm with you. You cannot argue with that one. Um, I guess with my number 10 is Far Cry 3. Uh, this oh, game didn't okay. do anything to like overall revolutionize gaming, but I thought they did 
they took a lot of elements of other games that did, uh, other really good games that did great things, and they just put it all together in one. I thought like the uh, and Jack just left. Infamous there, Jack leaving the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Motherfucker. That's fine. We'll just keep. No, we like to make fun of him because he does it like every episode. Uh, but no, what? <laughs> At least that's how yeah. we actually see your last leave. <laughs> but um, no, like just like the climbing of the towers is kind of like uh, an Assassin's Creed where you climb up, you do the synchronization. Uh, I thought the the shooting elements were yeah. great. The story, I can't. I, I had to knock it on the story because I can't tell if this if like the. You're supposed to hate the characters in the game, or like on purpose, or if like they legitimately <laughs> try to make these guys likable. Because like they're the rich people that you know they're just they're, they're on vacation, they got all everything going for them, and then these terrible things happen to them. And I I don't know if that was just part of the plan, is like to make them. I think it's satire. I, I you know what? After playing through that game, and then after playing Blood Dragon. I was like, they know. Yeah. They knew what they were doing here. They gave you this Jason <laughs> character. They made you hate him. They made you hate his girlfriend. They made you hate. I mean, there's nobody to like in that game except for Voss, and he he doesn't make it he all makes the way like to the end. Through, unfortunately, yeah, he's the best. That's that's really the weakness of that game is that they set up this great villain and then they don't they don't take him all the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's the most interesting character in that game. Uh, that being said, I I would. Definitely, this one sniffed my top ten too, just because what it did well, it did really well. Like, is there any game where you can stalk a base like that and uh, take out the alarms and then you know take the guys out? And there's so many different ways to approach each individual situation. It's really yeah, unique that's, in that way. That's what, I I haven't played any. Yeah, that's game one like reason that, I did. So. Like, even though it's there's, I think there might be other games that, that obviously I think they're uh, like that. They're going to be on my list above it. But yeah, I agree with you. Like we're just the sneaking, going to the bases, and like you you see twenty enemies with guns, and there's no way you can take them all. So you shoot like the the the, the lock on the cage, and the tiger comes out and kills them all. That, that just right. <laughs> or, or or the times when you'd be scouting a base, and then arbitrarily yeah. some animals would come in and start killing for you. I mean, that was one of the greatest things about that game was the kind of instantly generated yeah. creatures that would pop up and start getting yeah, in the middle of fights oh. for you. And you're like, all right, got my back. All right, go get them. Well, see, see, the thing I didn't really care for about that game was actually, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Not to yeah. the fact that, not to the fact that everyone's like douchebaggy and rich upper class. More the fact that you're killing, you're, you're going on a killing spree. And then he goes to a cutscene, and then he's acting like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, th- I think, I think again, I think this is all intentional. I think we're supposed to sit there and go, how ridiculous is it that the kind of people who play first-person shooters in general are of this frat boy archetype? And I think we're supposed to kind of laugh at ourselves yeah. a little bit. Because, I mean, if we were put in the jungle with, with guns and shit, we'd be little bitches, too. I would have made it. And so oh, yeah. it's kind of pointing yeah, I out. I would have made it out of the initial uh, cage I was no. locked in. <laughs> no, and I definitely wouldn't have made it out of the pile of bodies yeah. that you end well, up in if, at one point. If, uh, well, if your uh, our military trained brother doesn't yeah. make it, what are the chances yeah. you're not going to? Right, and I think that's why it's so clear that it's satire, because they set it up at the beginning that for Jason to survive all this stuff is mm-hmm. completely preposterous, <laughs> yet he becomes this warrior more and more, and I think, I think we're supposed to relate to that yeah. and think it's funny. I think it's a funny game. I think it's bad on purpose, the writing, and um, and I think that makes it a better game. I still don't doesn't make my top ten, but yeah, 
damn close. And whatever year they came I out, think like it was two years ago or something, it was definitely my top year. ten then. It, yeah, no, it, it was, came out. It came out December 11. Yeah, yeah it was late 2011. It was really good. I yeah. mean, it's total. Fun I think the game, only thing that would anyway, it, yeah, the reason so. why it was it's number ten on my list is because I thought the last probably quarter of the game was not very good. Some of the boss fights were just terrible. With the, the boss totally fight agree. with boss was just underwhelming. The, the last boss fight you have in the poker game, and then I guess the, actually the last boss you have in with like the woman shooting fireballs and stuff at you. It just kind of got weird with all the drug stuff and I, I thought that was what hurt the game for me the most was just that last quarter of the game but I, it was one of those few games where I was hooked in I think I, I nearly 100% of that game which I'm not I'm not the kind of person that does that wow. so for me to like do any of the side quests I think I did almost I, I, I literally did almost everything in that game that you can do so that's that's one of the main reasons why it's on my, number, it's on my top 10 Another another argument towards it being satire is if you read the descriptions of the various things that you hunt and the the different things that you do, there are a lot of little jokes in there at Jason's expense, um, and and also all the all the creatures that you kill, all the animals on that island yeah, are that's in right, danger. Sure, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's uh, it feels very intentional to me on the part of uh, Ubisoft to, to go. Oh look! You want to be a badass and kill animals? Oh, you only get to kill endangered species. How do you feel now, bitch? Like it's, it seems like it's clear they were trying to be clever. I think some people didn't get it, but I, I still think it's a yeah. fun, clever game. I Just don't know. how like most people don't understand that Cabin in the Woods is satire. Oh boy. I, I hope I hope most people understand that because they might as well just have a big sign at the beginning of that movie that's a satire. Course, it's so obvious. I had to actually ex- I had actually I had to explain it to my stepbrother, my mother about that. It's like it's like that movie was terrible. It's like do you not understand that it was a comedy? Yeah. <laughs> when you have a character that's basically Shaggy from Scooby Doo, like, like you know it's satire, right? I mean, come on, people, get get your like, shit together. Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll go get help. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was. Unfortunately, the most I had to explain to all my friends and family me. that satire, and then I had to explain to them what satire means. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Our Anyways, uh, anyway, God. let's keep let's yeah. keep going. We'll never get yeah, to we're this like, list, like so. twenty minutes in. We're at number ten. All yeah. right, so number number nine, guys. So Knuckles, what's your number nine? My number nine is oh, the game no. you hate the most. Is it Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, Tyler. It's actually yes, it's oh. Yu-Gi-Oh! Decade Duels for the Xbox Live what? and PSN oh, fuck Network. You. <laughs> All right, move, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Yoshi. Let me, um, Yoshi, let me what's your number nine? <laughs> Defend yourself. Okay, okay, Knuckles, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, this this game actually uh, takes me back to my childhood, and um, it's kind of a go-to, and it's kind of a go-to game. Like if I get bored and no one's on. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go on, go online, pick a duel, just, just play against somebody for 15 minutes, and then get off and whatnot. It's, I, it's a game that kills time for me, and especially when no one else is on, and, or when uh, Tyler and Gabe are on, and uh, yeah, they get very mad at the game. Well, the reason why, in general, that uh, most of us get, like, angry at that damn game was because of the whole freaking technical difficulty, technical hiccups and stuff, like, especially in the PS3 version, it's like... That's only on the PS3 version. Well, yeah, uh, but even so, the whole damn game is, like, expected you to just to shell out, like, 
little incremental things and stuff to pay for like more cards, like virtual cards. You know, your pay for your own packs. You know, more this... money. That's actually a. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's actually a drawback because uh, when the game actually came out back in '11, um, the game was actually easier for the players to actually get cards. So, but they mm. actually went off the it went off the marketplace like last year or the year before last, mm-hmm. and it came back at last March with called Decade Duels Plus, which introduced like three thousand new cards to the game. So um, it made it harder for new people to play, in which that unfortunately that's when these guys came into it. Well, I played that so. game before, though, but, uh, yeah, the difficulty spike, I did notice it, but, uh, still, it was a terrible choice in this decision. <laughs> well, this is my decision. So. I know, I know. I'm not just saying your decision in general, no, I'm just saying that, <laughs> just that game in general, you the idea of You goddamn piece of shit. How dare you ruin our list? <laughs> you shit, oh, you ruined our list. You think, you think that's bad? Wait till I say some shit about your oh. game. Well, oh, I'm coming to well, expect you it. you know, I, I... I'm I'm uh, very used to accustomed to being hated on, so it's all good. <laughs> I like it. I, I, you know what they say, my haters. You know, <laughs> my haters they fuel me. To quote Kanye West, every every superhero needs his theme music. You know, and it's the screams from the haters. That the, the, got a nice my theme to music. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one man. All right, so all right, moving on. Number nine. Uh, my number nine, I don't. It might be higher. I, I had a hard time placing this one because it, it's so new. I need time to think. Well, it's not that new, but it's new in my world. Um, Bioshock Infinite, okay, is a game that I I thought was a. Personally, I thought Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite were kind of the like mm-hmm. capstones on this gen. Like to me, they were the the two games that really came out that made me realize the generation was over and they kind of peaked with what they were able to do. Now, I know some people are going to say, oh, but Grand Theft Auto Five, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not that into that game. But um, I- I'll just I'll just say this. You know, um, Bioshock Infinite was one of the few games where I actually really paid attention to the story because it was super interesting. And a lot of games I play, and I'm sure you guys are the same way or maybe not, I just kind of play it, and the story's just kind of like, eh, okay, stuff is happening, I don't care, let me have fun. But in Bioshock Infinite, I, I wanted to get through the fighting parts to see what the next you know cutscene right. was going to be. And, and I thought the ending was pretty ingenious, and uh, like most people said, I'm I'm a big fan of the whole um, irrational games, the way they make games. and It's just a really cool, fun game. The design is great. Um, the combat may not be up to you know Call of Duty standards, but... I don't really need that. I'm much more interested in the creativity of that game, and I thought it was extremely creative and fun and had the Bioshock sheen on it. I don't know. Great game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, I, I definitely like that game. Uh, it's like, just right when you get into um, Columbia, mm-hmm. and just you're looking around, and you see the clouds, you see the blimps and everything. You're like, I want to per- stop what I'm doing. Like, stop progressing and just... Walk around. Yeah, I kind of wanted to live there until yeah. I started hearing all the racist chatter and the signs. Yeah, I'm like, baseball. this place is great. Wait, what did you just say about brown people? Mango. Mango. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's my that's so, my Jackie nine. Boy, what's your number nine? My number nine is Red Dead Redemption. Mm. 
Red Dead Redemption to me is one of those examples of uh, I believe that it has great storytelling mixed in with fun, like fun, like uh, intuitive gameplay where it's just dragging me in stuff. It has an expansive world, what I just really love just exploring. I mean, a lot of my time in Red Dead Redemption, if I wasn't doing a mission or I wasn't just uh, just bullshitting, you know, with uh, <laughs> the townspeople or something like that, was uh, going out exploring the various like landscapes, the deserts, the forests and stuff, just to <laughs> just getting my ass kicked by cougars and bears and all this other crap. But uh, a lot of the story elements inside Red Dead Redemption, I found really rewarding in terms of like. Uh, like, the big old payoff and stuff, like, once you enter inside, like, Mexico in particular, I mean, yeah, let, you know, the Mexico portion and stuff was just kind of dragging on, you know, for most of the end of it, though, but, but, uh, when you hear that music, especially when you get, like, uh, from, uh, where you're going, like, that one fort base, I think it's, like, in Texas, I think it is, upwards to entering Mexico, just that song playing in the background, you just riding your horse into, like, uh, that, uh, like the sunset and stuff like that. It was a very awesome moment, and that was one of the few moments this generation was thinking, man, this is incredibly awesome. This is something that I wouldn't have expected, you know, say, last generation or other things like that. But yet the thing I like most about Red Dead Redemption is just uh, the whole culmination of John Martian and stuff, like his atonement and stuff like that, his judgment, like the last moments of that game. It's like, yeah, if I'm not too sure how many guys have actually played it all the way through, though, but but uh, it was just like an emotional thing, you know? It's just it's just you're just feeling for this character and stuff. You're feeling for his wife, his son and stuff. He's trying just to uh, help clear his name and stuff, just try to get his family out of danger and stuff, and ultimately sacrifices himself just doing that. And, yeah, that's pretty much why I like it. That's why number nine. Definitely better reason so <laughs> far good. than... Uh... Knuckles reasons, blow blow jobs and uh, Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go on with uh, Knuckles. Uh, What's your number eight game? My number eight game and probably higher on the. Oh wait, I'm sorry. List. Whoa, wait, wait. I skipped my, my number, number nine. Is... I skipped my number nine. Whoa, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. Huh? We we better we better up. blast through these lower numbered love uh, ones or we're <laughs> yeah. gonna, we're gonna have a five hour podcast um, like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with. Charles I mean, we, we should one. really yeah. debate it once we get up to those top few. You know, so uh, and then, we can, yep. then we can really hate. So on each number other. nine is, uh, <laughs> for me is Walking Dead. Um, hmm. All right, not a video game, but <laughs> that okay, was my choice. that's and that's why it's this is one of the ones where I uh, I really had a difficult time like. Why is this some like why is this better than some of the other games that I was talking thinking about? It, to me, it's just the overall experience. It's just the, emotionally how I felt playing this game is something I don't think I felt in really any like many other games. It's just in life, really. Yeah, I mean, it's the most. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, but most most games don't kind of capture you like this game does, where it's just like. Uh, I remember at the end of episode five, I legitimately had tears in my eyes, and I'm, I won't go into spoilers what happened there because I know that everybody's finished the game. But just what happens, like Mm-mm. you can spoil. I mean, come on, if somebody hasn't okay. beaten Walking Dead by now, do they there's, really deserve there's a sign with. Uh, I mean, I didn't beat it either. Yeah, like I, I went through the first three, three hours chapters, okay, chapters well, so, so, and then I kind of gave up. So it takes three with, hours to beat that. So yeah. the, like one of the last scenes is uh, what, what's um oh my god what's the main character name I'm sorry 
Lee, thank you. Lee. So, yeah, he Lee. gets bit. And Clementine. He gets bit uh, at the end Lee, of episode Lee, Lee. four. And then he's trying to hide. You can choose to hide or tell people. And throughout episode five, he's basically trying to get Clementine to, like, where she's safe. Or no, Clementine, Clementine gets taken, so he's trying to find Clementine for he before he changes. And it just so you finally get Clementine, and it's just the scene where you could decide whether Clementine shoots you or just like she hand, you get hand, she handcuffs you to a like a heater, and you can either shoot him or leave leave him be or let him shoot himself. And it was just like just that whole final. It went off like ten minutes. So this is this final scene where and this is the build up, and where it's just like how what are you gonna do? Are you gonna let him turn to a zombie? You can leave him the gun, or you can take the gun with you. You're gonna shoot him. Just overall, just there's and there's just 50 other moments like that where it's just like it just like the decisions aren't easy ones. It's not like there's not good and bad decisions. There, you know, it's just every decision is there. It's it can be good or it can be bad, but it's just like you know, do you want you get stuck in a situation? Do you want this person to live or this person to live? You know, do you want to give this person food or give this person food? And so not all of them have positive or negative situations where like it's it's just the obvious which one's gonna happen. Kind of like Dragon Age where. There's six options, not all of them, and they're not easy ones to know what's what's good and what's bad. And that's why it's, I would, and it's not, the fact that it's not a game so much is why it's lower on my list. But, nah, I'm just um, messing though, it's a game. I know, it's not really a game, but it's, the story alone is worth being in my top ten. You know you know what you forgot right. about though? You forgot, you forgot about the most emotional scene in the game when you have to figure out to put the batteries in the radio. <laughs> that one, I mean, I was crying like a little baby. I mean, lost his baba. It was just a sad moment for me. I, when, when I realized the batteries went in there, I was like, oh! And, you know, there was... They were in the wrong way, yeah. yeah. No, that, that that was definitely an issue for me. That's why it's I had issues putting it on my top... Like, I had some issues with putting it on my top ten was... Just half of the game was just stupid crap like that, but I think the story and the decision making is what is is worth it for me being on there. Art style was um, pretty cool too. I have to say, I enjoyed that yeah. about it a lot. Yeah, it was, they, used, they used the cell shading very well to get, you know. You did feel even with my blackened heart, I could feel some of the emotions that were I was supposed to be mm-hmm. feeling. I think. I mean, if I if I was a normal human, I think I would have been feeling more emotions, but. Um, yeah, they, they did a good job with, with Lee and Clementine specifically. Um, it's kind of a cool story. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll, I like that. All right, what else we got? Okay. Um, all right, so Knuckles, we'll go back to you now. What's your number eight? Well, my number eight is actually Mass Effect okay. 2. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I was like, I enjoyed it. I like, I did like eighteen playthroughs of it. <laughs> wow! Uh, like, that's more than me. Yeah, you played much. Mass Effect two more times than I have. <laughs> <laughs> that is a shock. I didn't know there were people out there. But yeah, I like the the N seven hatch that knocked. Oh, uh, little fun fact. It's like, uh, <laughs> but uh, fucking what was I saying? Now? Well, like uh, the. Upgraded the graphics and like the how um you from you went from Mass Effect one where you find out Saren was being controlled by the Reapers and or the Collectors Reapers Reapers it's been a long yeah, time seventeen playthroughs dog seventeen yeah. playthroughs <laughs> <laughs> I can see the story really had an impact on you <laughs> what are those oh, guys well, called the Reapers just, the Nazis whoever they are. <laughs> 
He just, just <laughs> skips to the sex scene every time. Well, there's a... No, it's like Reapers and there's Collectors, and Collectors are a big part of my Alright, so the, the most important That's question about this game, though, is which chick do you want to bone the most in the game? Miranda. Uh, it was probably either between uh, Liara <laughs> and Tally. Leaning more, leaning more towards Tally because you've got that little <laughs> factor going on. I guess he likes it saucy. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Liara fan. Liara is, you know, she's one of those chicks who has her shit together so you don't have to take care of yourself, and I'm a real yep. big fan of chicks like that. Right. <laughs> and, and she's blue. Right, okay. And she's blue. And but, who uh, doesn't want, yeah, who doesn't want a blue vagina? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, let's be honest. She probably didn't play as a female shepherd. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mass Effect there is like, yeah, they looks better. And it's like, I, don't, I like how you didn't have to do all the driving over planets and the Mako for your materials. Tread lightly when you and... speak of the Mako. <laughs> 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 well, my, my favorite mission in Mass Effect 2 was when you go to the Mako crash site. Oh. The Normandy crash site. And you, see you pick Mako. up all the little uh, the little tokens. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you see, just, I stared at that Mako for like <laughs> hour. Die, bitch! Saying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see your ass in ruins. <laughs> yeah, it was like... But, um, yeah, it's, like, the story is probably, probably my favorite character of the game is either, probably Garrus. Kind of a badass. Yeah. I, pre- yeah, I appreciate Garrus him. Garrus is a badass, especially oh, yeah. later Indeed. in Mass Effect 3. Okay. Uh, well, that okay. was my number And eight. Yoshi, what's your number eight? Uh, a game that I actually forgot about until I think Jack brought it up for me here, Jack of Hearts. Um, yeah. Spec Ops Align. Uh, the only game on my list here that I haven't played through multiple times because it was so affecting and I was so disgusted by myself and by video games in general by the end that I just didn't want to play games for a while. Um, by far the most immersive game I played this generation. Um, I, I was in that game the entire time. Uh, I remember finishing it late on a on a weeknight when I had to go to school the next day and teach and I was just kind of like, how am I going to go to sleep now? I feel so bad. Like <laughs> the the game was able to elicit such strong, real emotions from me, and I, I that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, I, I know in Gears of War they have these scenes, you know, where you you find Dom's woman and she's you know <laughs> destroyed. Or it's, just, it's horribly melodramatic, <laughs> but everything in uh, Spec Ops: The Line felt true to me, and they they forced you into making choices that you didn't want to make. And um, and after you made him, you're like, God, I'm an asshole. But you really had no <laughs> other choice. So you kind of just, uh, I don't, it was really brilliant. There were tons of allusions to classic literature, which doesn't hurt my vantage point on a video game at all. As for the gameplay, it was passable. You know, it was basically a, a Gears of War clone in a lot of ways. But just the story was, again, one of those games where I was intently following the story uh, excellent voice acting by Nolan North, which is not to be su- surprising or anything, but totally different from what we're used to hearing with him with Nathan Drake. Um, and so it was really cool to have this kind of anti-hero Na- guy um, uh, voiced by Nathan Drake. It was gr- great game. I-, I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't had a chance to pick it up. It's it's kind of one of those ones that alters the way you look at video games. So that's my choice for number eight. Very nice. Okay, and let's go on with Jack. What's your uh, what's your number eight? 
<sighs> I guess I might get flack for this one, but uh, my number eight is Pokemon Black and White for the Nintendo DS. Well, are we are we counting the DS as this part of this generation, so to speak? Well, did it come? Did it come it out, came out around two thousand five, and it lasted upwards until like what, like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Yeah. So yeah, I would think it would count towards this generation. I, I guess so. I think. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking of consoles yeah, more. Yeah, because uh, 360 came yeah, out. Yeah, 2005. Like, like winter or something close to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the reason why I chose Pokemon Black and White over, say, like uh, the previous ones like Diamond and Pearl and stuff like that is because, sure, you know, the Pokemon formula doesn't change, didn't really, hasn't really changed at all pretty much since like Red and Blue. But the reason why that I chose Black and White in particular is the first like, game in the series where you could actually just, uh, like, reminiscent back from the old games, just start out with all these new creatures and stuff, you don't know which creature is good, which one's this, it's just more like a mystery option where you can construct your own team that uh, you felt was, you know, really strong and stuff. I mean, there are other, like, incremental improvements, say, like, uh, you can teach your monsters, like, specific moves without worrying, like, worrying about wasting, like, a particular technical machine because... Oh, there's only one of them now. Oh, oh, hey, look, it's easier now. There's unlimited uses, stuff like that. But another element that I liked inside these this particular game in general was uh, they actually focused a little bit more upon like, a, like an actual story elements. I mean, in the previous Pokemon games, it's like, okay, you go around from town to town to town. You create a team of six. You go and battle gym leaders, battle the Elite Four, battle the champion. Okay, that's it. No after game. But for this one, it's sort of expanded upon, like, uh, say, like, instead of, like, facing, like, this evil, like, organization stuff, you're facing more like an evil kind of, like, a cult, where they're focusing upon, oh, okay, let's give it sort of like a Pokemon PETA type of effect, So, you know? so Mormons. <laughs> the, the, the Pokemon trainers come to your door and ask you if you've heard the word, and they give you some books. Um, you know what? Uh, that's that's kind of uncanny because he- heavenly Pokemon. That's actually that's, that's actually, pretty actually pretty close. close Josh is actually pretty close town. on it. You walk into a new town, and um, they're just gathered in their group. It's like, did you hear the word? Release your Pokemon from. Don't enslave them. Masters. Release them from their Pokeballs. Let them be free. But meanwhile, yeah, exactly. I don't really Pokeballs. see the argument against releasing the Pokemon, though. It does kind yeah. of seem like they're slaves. It's an yeah, argument. I, mean, I think point. I'm on their. I think I'm on their side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the point is, you find out later in the story that they're just trying to make everyone uh, lose their Pokemon, so they'll be. The yeah, exactly. It always comes down to that. So they're Scientologists. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Scientologists. Okay, anyway, that's my number eight. Let's go ahead and move on then. Right. My number eight is actually, I believe it was uh, Yoshi's number 10, uh, is Assassin's Creed 2. Um, I'll kind of go over it real quick. He pretty much cut, touched everything I wanted to go over, but I think the they did realize that there was a lot of issues with number one. Uh, just There was three different kind of missions. Follow this guy. Uh, pretty much that was reaction. There was, beat like, up this guy. Beat up this guy, yeah. It was, it was pretty terrible, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 1. Like, but I think Assassin's Creed 2, like you said, Ezio is one of the best characters this generation. Um, but just overall, it's, Ubisoft has this thing with me where I, I want to do all their side stuff with Far Cry 3 and now Assassin's Creed 2. And it's just, I, I, I think I found all, I synchronized every spot. I did most of the side, I didn't do all the feathers. I'm not that crazy. Um, 
I did. <laughs> but I'm missing one achievement on that game, and it's some oh stupid God. one. Like you have to you have to steal a, a broom or a long weapon from a guard and then sweep six people at once or some stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I've just never gotten around to it. I'm like I'm yeah, like on the precipice of you having the complete thing, but wow. Yeah, I spent a lot of this summer with with my using my wife's iPad with the um like all the locations of the feathers and flags and stuff and going around and collecting them. It was pretty annoying. Wow. But I had to do it, like you said. I'm doing that as I go. Wow. Um, but um, overall, though, I would say the, the storyline. This one was great. I think um, this one is this is definitely the peak of the of the the, the franchise so far. I think time will tell. I just beat Assassin's Creed Four a couple days ago. So it's kind of hard to say how long that maybe that one might be better in the long run. I might when I look back, I might find that one better. But right now, I think Assassin's Creed Two, just overall the setting, and everything like that, everything about that game was just fantastic. So that's my number eight, and uh, we'll go on to number seven now. Uh, Knuckles, what's your seven? My number seven is actually the is actually Bioshock, what? the original. And yeah, good game. I just like, yeah, it's a very good game. It's like I just like uh, as you're going through the lighthouse, like the opening scenes, like then you just go into that submarine and you just see this underwater utopia. It's like just plane crash, don't know where you're going, you just go into the water, and then you just see that giant whale. Then you meet up with. Uh, God, what's his name? I know the name of the bad guy. I'm trying to think. Oh, Fontaine's cover-up name. Cover up name. Uh, yeah, I can't remember it right yeah, now either. It, it's been too long since I played that game, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know who you're talking about. Jack Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. No. no. Who, who is Atlas? Well, yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, as um, the just just seeing the the little sister like playing with her, stabbing her little doll, and then the splosser just coming up on trying to attack the little sister and then just seeing the big daddy come up and just destroy this bosser to protect her is that's probably one of like the creepiest moments back in the early 360 yeah, you just described the demo which <laughs> that was the thing I, I didn't know anything about this and i i downloaded the demo on a whim and i played it and i was like i i must purchase this game immediately when it comes out <laughs> well well, the part where you're sneaking through as the big daddy is like I thought that was a uh, pretty intriguing, but the last two hours kind of ruined it for me, which is why it's not higher on my list. I was like, okay, you got the twist. Now you have to go find him. It did drag a little bit. I'll give you that. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, Yoshi. Um, since uh, he's not here right now, oh, he's coming back. What's your uh, number six, Yoshi? Oh, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to put uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3 here as one game. Because I don't really... Because I feel like the changes Uh, that were made between Mass Effect 1 and 2 were much greater than the changes that were made between 2 and 3. So I kind of think of 2 and 3 as a similar type of game. I think 3 is better gameplay-wise. I think 2 probably has the more interesting story. But... um, I, I love both those games. Don't get me wrong. I just uh, and I'll, I'm, I'll talk about this later. I I think for the stuff that they took out of Mass Effect One and the way that they changed Mass Effect Two and Three into kind of 
uh, odd sci-fi versions of Gears of War um, bugged me. And while I loved the characters they introduced, I didn't love how I knew every battle was coming because there were chest-high walls there. And that made me a little bummed out. Um, some of the specificity of the, you know, of the RPG aspects bugged me. The mining was shit. Everyone knows that. Um, yeah. But but Mass Effect two and three together, I played three recently after so many people had said so many bad things about the ending. And really, like that game overall has just an awesome story. It's so epic and sprawling. Regardless of whether you're satisfied with the ending or not, the the game itself is just really good. And I, I, I yep. I'd have to say that you know, it's barely held back from the from the, some of the other games that I have higher up here. But anyway, so that's my seven. I'm going to combine those two games. Very nice. Okay. Uh, you got something to say, Knuckles? I was saying that's just understandable because it's like three really didn't introduce anything that two didn't have. Which is really awesome, yeah. by the way. If we're <laughs> just going on my favorite multiplayer experiences, Mass Effect 3 has one of my favorites. Um, put... Way too Mass much Effect time into was that good, game. Yeah, it's like that kind of irritated me the most. Like playing through this game, playing through this game. Oh crap, my my universe rating went down to fifty yeah. percent. Now I have to yeah. go back. Yeah, I don't even know if that had a real effect on the game. I've actually never I noticed. Any I don't think it does. Between... I don't like, think so either. your characters yes. from oh, well, multiplayer and single player, I don't think made much of a difference either. We'll see. Um, it like gave you. They didn't do anything. Troops, but you can still which, beat the game either yeah. way. Well, it actually, you gotta. Yeah, you can beat the game, but uh, the more your multiplayer ranking was up, the but you could have gotten a good, okay. a better, okay. even better ending. Okay. Which right. a lot of yeah, I played through it several times. I never understood it. So whatever. <laughs> All right, and uh, Jackie boy, what's your number seven? My number seven is Journey. Journey is an interesting, it's like a very interesting like uh, indie game, in my honest opinion. For one thing, I know for a fact that the game doesn't last too long, like at least, what, like one or two hours three, at most. Yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, two to three. Yeah, two to That's three. That's right. But the reason why I place it on my top ten list is because the overall experience, just by playing through that game, just all the way through from beginning to end with... Like, someone... I, I didn't even know. I mean, the game does a good job in, like, in the multiplayer co-op function and stuff. You don't know who you're playing with, but the person, the random stranger you're playing with is intricate and, like, vital to your part of, okay, I'm gonna find a couple of, like, secrets here, I'm gonna go here, and stuff like that. Oh, where'd that guy go, you know? Because he... Oh, there's my friend and stuff, you know? Him helping me out, just going from one place to another, solving these little puzzles here and there. The look of the game... Is incredible, especially when uh, even like on the PS3 and stuff, it just looked like it was just really pressing a lot of like the hardware itself because a lot of the textures are very colorful, very vivid. But uh, well, you know what? For like the vast majority of what uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about before I lose my train of thought, is it was just a good overall experience. I mean, I would rather play a game where it has like a good overall experience for a few hours instead of like a long drawn out game that. Uh, doesn't really contribute to much of anything. Like, for example, Final Fantasy XIII. Cough, cough, hint, hint. But, uh... Oh, that was my number one, you motherfucker. <laughs> 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 30 hours of build-up was, was fantastic. Well, you yeah. did 30 hours. 
I spent hours 80 hours playing Final Fantasy XIII before I eventually <laughs> found out that the game was shit. <laughs> a lot of patience. <laughs> I have a lot of patience. I, I, think I, I just never bothered like, playing it. This so. <laughs> I maxed out the spear grid on that game too, you know? <laughs> I, I never forgave Final Fantasy for leaving the Nintendo. So, like, I, I, I haven't played anything after 6. Really, <laughs> One and 2 so. are fantastic. You haven't missed much. <laughs> yeah. 1, 2, and 3 on the SNES. Or 1, 4, and 6, however you want to put it. Those games are just classics to me. But anyway, Agreed. sorry, moving on. Okay, um, and I guess we'll go on. My number seven is uh, Dead Space 2. Uh, I just hmm. thought this is one of those games where I thought hmm. the... Hmm. We... Okay. Nice choice you have uh, made. <laughs> this is one of those Big games where it's kind of weird where like... It was just a constant sense of dread when I played this game. Like when I when I stopped playing it, I never had the urge to go back to play it because it's just I was scared out of my fucking mind the entire goddamn game. It just it just the setting where it's just the music and then like the, the background. Then like you just hear stuff in the background moving around or you see something move in the corner and you look and nothing's there. And then just the, the parts where you like when you get to the daycare and there's all these little tiny freaking alien things running at you. Just overall, just the setting of that game was. Those are called babies, actually. <laughs> These weren't babies anymore. Um, oh no, xenomorphs. Whatever or the, the things right? from aliens, yeah. Um, but right. I don't. I, I think overall, there was just one of these games where I thought Dead Space One was really good. Uh, but I thought Dead Space 2 perfected. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed, where they did they did a lot of good things, but they took they they took that and they added on to it, Dead Space 2. And just one of these games where I, it was one of those not very many games scare me, and are really not a lot of things, movies, whatever, scare me. And then one of, this definitely had me immersed in where I was. Like I felt like I was there on on that ship, like all by myself. There was nobody around to help me. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I was just there, and just that the atmosphere just everything about that game was just fantastic if this is the survival horror games or what you love like you like the resident evils the older resident evils and things like uh, silent hills this is the well i not death space 3 not so much it turned more into uh gears of war knockoff but this game was uh definitely one of the highlights for survival horror games and that's one of the reasons why it's on my uh on my top 10 list um Okay, so go on to uh, our number six. Uh, Knuckles, what's your number six game of the year? My number six game of the generation is uh, Bethesda made it in Fallout 3. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like just going through it's like this nice uh, this little bit of run- she run down vault and then you find out that there's actually a lot outside of the vault and uh, what you've been raised is, since you were an infant might not, wasn't necessarily true and you go you escape and everything and uh, uh, you just go out and you just, just cut see the, like cut an open wasteland and just going through like subway tunnels like you find the super behemoth Super mega behemoths or whatever the fuck they're called. The things I shot was shot with nukes. 
just, I'm just gonna. I'm just going with that. I like that. Super mega banana. Yeah. Where the hell the fucking things you had to use a yeah. mini nuke to take out? But uh, just being able to customize your weapons and like building that rocket launcher that just shot trash. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> and he's like, you, you see that teddy bear? You pick up the teddy bear, put it in the cannon, and fire it, and take someone's head off. <laughs> and, but you know, it's one of my favorites. Just going through the story, and you, then you uh, found out where your dad is, and just traveling, just going through the wasteland in general, just trying to survive from bandits and everything. This probably uh, I kind of wish it would have been higher on my list, but there's in my opinion better games on there. Okay. But, um. Uh, we shall see. Yeah. Yeah, my opinion, better games on there, okay. so that's pleasant. Alright, so uh, Yoshi, what's your number six? Uh, my number six is uh, a Valve game, um, since we're declaring the developers, I guess, because he said Bethesda. Um, and it's Portal, the original Portal. Because oh. the reason why I'm throwing Portal on here is because I, I, w- I was really trying to think of games that made a big impression on me. Even if I didn't, I mean, I played through Portal, the first Portal, a couple of times just because I enjoy going through the puzzles and etc. But um, I'd never played a game like that. Any of us really had, where it was, it was th- no. this really odd way of presenting the story, where you felt compelled and interested in it, even though you didn't really know who your character was. It was more about Glados, of course, and um, then just the unique mechanics of trying to solve puzzles and the. The humor of it, the little pictures, and the things that GLaDOS would say. Um, it was just, I, I don't know, I was, I was totally taken aback by that game. It was one of those games where I had friends who'd come over and I'd go, okay, hold on, i got to show you the end of this game. It's, it's amazing, it's so cool. Um, and so I would just show them the last final battle where you kind of dismember uh, GLaDOS and then you get the Still Alive song. Uh, just a, oh, just a yeah. like a. It feels like a generational game. Like if I if I had to make a time capsule and say what were games like, I would have to put this one in there. So they would people would know that we had like really thoughtful puzzle games. Mm. You know. Uh, anyway, so that's my that's my six. I really I really like Valve, and this is one of my favorite Valve games. So. Very nice. Uh, all right. So what's uh, Jack? What's your favorite? Uh, game? Well, I guess number six game. What's who developed it? <laughs> Who's your well, daddy and what does he do? <laughs> I love that reference anyway. Um, well, it's made by Bethesda, and Knuckles, I think you and I are the wow. same mind because my number six is also Fallout 3. What? Fallout 3, in my honest opinion, is one of the best games of this generation because it presented with a lot of various options where you could just... You know, just play through as a bunch of different characters. I mean, you could play as, like, the superior, like, good guy or something like that with a big old power armor and stuff. Just, like, doing this and doing that. You could be the thief, like, like the silver-tongued thief and stuff. Just, like, tricking people, pickpocking, like, setting Megaton to blow up or whatever the hell you wanted to do. But, uh, I liked Fallout 3 because it presented this a post-apocalyptic world, which is very interesting. And it made me so interested in just looking at sort of the back catalog, like... What happened to cause this massive destruction here? Oh, okay. Like, you're going to the D.C. area, and you're just seeing, like, the mutants and the guys, like, duking it out and stuff like that. And you're visiting the Washington Monument, doing all these 
random moments, like the one vault where you had to visit and stuff, which, uh, oh boy, I'm not too sure which vault it was, but it was with all of these random, like, vault goers and stuff inside this, like, perpetual, like, virtual reality type of, like, stuff where they, it was basically like, sort of like a black and white TV oh, yeah, show, the, pretty the, much. The, that was one of my favorite oh, moments yeah, that in like that the game point where of the, you had the game to where you found out your father was trapped in one of these little pods and you had to you had to get exactly. him out of there. That was yeah, a fantastic in point in the game. I totally agree. Just try to escape from that whole VI and stuff like that. That that was really a great moment in my honest opinion and the most of the reason why it's on my top 10 is because of moments like that, moments where I can instantly go back to this game 5 years from now. 10 years from now, and have an entirely different gameplay experience than I did when I first played it. Which, granted, I took at least two or three playthroughs before I initially got it to click with me. It's kind of like the same one I'm doing with Skyrim right now, where I'm like 30 hours in, I'm doing my mage and doing this and doing that, and it's like, crap, man. It's like, this is making these awesome games. Just <laughs> kind of makes me regret not playing uh, okay. like uh, Oblivion when now, it first I came out. I will say that is one of the, <laughs> I'll admit right now it's not on my list. Um, but the, I one of the, the first time you go into Washington D.C. is probably one of the most memorable moments for me of this generation. There's a lot of great moments like that in the game. I, I'm not really yeah. sure why it's not on my list, but it, it, it definitely deserves to be uh, mentioned on there. All the little side characters and side business that's going on too. There's so much <laughs> weird shit in that game. Like you, you mentioned yeah. the, the projectile launcher um, knuckles, but. There's a ton oh, yeah. of stuff like that. Like, if you wanted to get the really badass, the MIRV or whatever it was, that shot, like, <laughs> six nukes at once, there was this whole side quest to doing that. Oh, and, yes! Um, and, yeah, and there's just so much little stuff, and, of course, three dog yeah. in your ear the whole time, and that that, that game actually oh, yeah. uh, made me fall in love with the oldies music for a while. I was listening to a lot of those songs, you know? Um, so, really Dude. cool environment. And the talking yeah. tree! <laughs> well, yeah, the the Oasis side quest was pretty fantastic too. The mutated tree man, yeah, yeah there were there were some. The side quests were fantastic. That game is so deep and intricate. I really uh, I appreciate that game. All right, very nice. And um, mm, my number great. six is probably an oddball one. Um, I don't think most people have probably heard of this game. So I played it, uh, Catherine. Oh yeah, I remember that oh, game. Oh man, that game. Oh wait, I've, I've heard you guys, about okay, it. Okay, wow, it's crazy. Okay, well, um, well, me, uh, well, us three. We I mean, they made a big it. deal out of it when it came out. I never figured. I are you a little person yeah. who likes playing on boobs? Was that the point of that game? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. It was um, it was like I kind of felt awkward. It was like someone comes in while I'm playing. It's like, oh, you come into the yeah, cut don't scene. come down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your pants are usually off when the very... cutscene's on, so. <laughs> This is a game made by Atlas. I'm about to mention that. But um, no, this uh, it's actually one of their highest... I think it's their highest selling game of all time. But it's, um, it's, a very, it's a very Japanese game where you play as this guy and he has a, uh, he's dating a girl named Catherine with a K. And then he goes... He has, every night he goes out to the bar with his friends and he gets drunk and he meets this, cat, this girl Catherine with a C. And she's very like sexual and always wearing like really sexy outfits. And just overall story, it's like deals with cheating and how to like how would you do with it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Just even though it's kind of wacky and and everything, it's just kind of cool. Like you do get to like you how you want you get to decide like how you talk to your friends or how you talk to your girlfriend, how you talk to the Catherine with the C. And that part's cool. But I thought 
the story was great, um, despite even with all the, the very sexual uh, elements of the story. I thought the overall just that part was great. Um, but just the, the the puzzles in that game were fantastic. Where it's just even though it was very weird, the puzzles in that game were ridiculous. yes they were. Uh, but it, pretty much that the main part of the game was every night when he fell asleep, he would like get stuck in these dreams where like and he could like there all these men around town were dying in their sleep, and they're having these they're all having the same dreams where like they were like they had to climb this wall and they had to move blocks around to climb the wall and they had to do it fast enough for, like. Slowly but surely, the the levels would drop, and so he had to go faster and faster, and just things like that. And it was just him trying to deal with like you know his kid's girlfriend wants to get married and get a little more serious. He's scared of that. I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain like for people to understand why I, I love this game so much. It's one of the maybe like the three or four games of this generation that I beat multiple times, and I think that's part of the reason why it's on my list. Um, but. I really this is one of the closest games like where I have I don't think there's a I have a single complaint about this game uh, for for a puzzle game of that aspect of like just everything about it it for what it was it was perfect and that's and that's one of the reasons why it's uh, number six on my list. Uh, real quick before we move on, uh, do any of you actually? I've been three times. No. <laughs> I I never even played it. I just I watched a bunch of stuff about it, but I never I never got around to it. Same okay, here. Well, uh, well, uh, Tyler uh, or Ginger Boy, what was your? How did you? How was your ending? Um, I've well, I've had a couple different ones. My first one was he ends up with Catherine with a K at the end, and he find out the waitress was actually a guy. The entire was. Used to be a used to be a guy, but he's but she's it's a girl now and she's dating one of your best friends, which was my ending. Okay. <laughs> right Did you say this was a Japanese yeah. game? And am I not surprised? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's very Japanese. That's fantastic. So expecting tentacles coming out yes, of anywhere? Yes, there's a lot of tentacles, especially for the That's the hardest part of the, the, the mini games you have to get through, is the, the, ten, the tentacle clitoris. You have to figure out how to simulate it. Oh, see. Oh, God. There's actually a funny thing about that game. There's actually a mini arcade yes, stand up in the, in the bar, which is the game, but it's a harder version yeah. of the game. Weird. What's... Yeah, that's why I didn't play it. Yeah, that's really quirky. Yeah, it's like you had to go play this like two D, black and white version of the game, with like your character's actually nice. a stick man. And yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's like, how the hell is this game? Hey, quick, quick question oh, before we uh, we move on to our top five. Game. Can we um can we break this in half this recording because sometimes yeah, my audacity uh, crashes after yes. an hour, yeah. and I also want to um. Take a little quick break. Gotta go to the bathroom and stuff. So that's fine. Hey guys, Ginger Boy here. I uh, just wanted to apologize for the abrupt ending on the show. We didn't want to lose uh, Yoshi's audio, so we decided to stop it right here. So we're gonna split this one up into two parts. Um, episode 24, part two of this of this show, will be out in a couple days, hopefully. Um, I'm sending this all this stuff here to Knuckles on Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving. I'm not sure when he's planning on releasing it. So if it's the day of or not too long after that, just want to wish everybody a happy and safe holiday. 
and uh, we will see you in a couple days with uh, the second part of this. I hope you guys enjoy. to me beers there anyways we're on iTunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and Jack will send you his credit card number <laughs>